All right, so we'll do a lethal weapon style three, two, one, clap. No, no, clap no, no, on no, zero. No, 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 no. no. We're gonna we're gonna do one, two, three, clap. Let me let me um close my door. One, here. one two, three, clap. One, you, two, that's how you clap. like to go. Okay, I see how it is. Okay, <laughs> that's the wrong way. So all three of us count to three, and all three of us have the clap. Okay, got one it. one person will count, and then we all clap. Oh, on one zero. person will count. Okay. <laughs> is everyone ready still working on that yeah ready are you ready eric okay um yes okay <laughs> three two i one. thought it was one two three <laughs> that was terrible wait i was You're not terrible I, it's, that sucked it's I, one two three clap. i was waiting for one two three I, wait. <laughs> okay shit i go backwards okay one okay starting on one yeah here we go <clears throat> one two three Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi classic Predator, one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And today we have another returning guest from way back in the late 20s, early 30s. We have Eric Deutsch joining us. Hello, thanks for welcoming me back into the jungle. Yeah, welcome welcome <laughs> back to the jungle, Eric. Thanks so much for coming back to the jungle with us. Yes, thank you, Eric. We love having you here. So uh thank you again. Mm-hmm. My my pleasure to return. Yeah. Awesome. A, a lot has changed since you were last here. If I do remember uh you were last heard you were last heard exchanging some dialogue as Arnold uh, with Jeff acting as Dylan uh, (laughs) (laughs) confronting one another uh, over the ruse uh, that Dylan brought the team in on uh, to blow up the rebel camp. You set us up! It's all bullshit! But a lot has changed. Yes, when I I was last on the show, we were still in the Palapa and there was no (laughs) interaction with the Predator whatsoever. No. That's right. But your uh, your rendition of Arnold became a uh, popular drop on our show. Very so popular thank you. drop, yes. Yes, I know. I, I, as a fan of the show, I, I keep hearing myself uh, used over and over again. No, no, uh, everyone, I want you to know Predator Minute does not pay residuals. It's all bullshit! <laughs> the residuals sure are doesn't. crap. No, sure doesn't. <laughs> but uh, today we're jumping into minute seventy-one, another solid prime number. I know Jeff is a big fan of the primes. Wait, aren't we in seventy? Oh, I'm over? sorry. Today we're talking. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong notes. My bad. Uh, Today we're talking Minute 70 of Predator. Minute 70 opens with Dylan. 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 <laughs> finding Max gear. Mac. And Mac. 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 And it ends with Mac saying, Mac. I see you. Mm. You know, we get all Mac and all Dylan mm. in this minute. All Mac and Dylan minute. Mac. Dylan. It's very exciting. <laughs> You're going to have to do a lot of editing, John. <laughs> Mac. Yep. Mac. Dylan. Exactly. Mac. Dylan. Uh, well, uh, Jeff, you want to take us from uh, the... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'll take us from the top here. Um, we'll break this minute down into two parts. The first part being about 37 seconds long. We carry over from last minute, <laughs> as always. And we've got Dylan. 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 Uh, finds Max. Mac. 
Max gear and then uh, continues to look for Mac while carrying the two MP5 submachine guns. He stops to rest. He hears Mac's voice. Uh, we get a little turnaround. Uh, we also hear some uh, predator clicking in the background. Dylan is looking after. Dylan is looking around. Mac off screen once again Mac. says over here. Dylan looks for Mac. 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 <laughs> this is hard. It's really hard. <laughs> and then we cut to Dylan. Uh, cut to behind Dylan as the uh, the music crescendo becomes very loud and high. Did I do that right? Did I get everything there? Yeah, you, you nailed it. You nailed it. You, okay. you, have, you have Dylan looking for Mac and you hear little Mac phantom voice just kind of ghostily calling to him. Um, yeah, we get, uh, so Dylan is starting Dylan. his journey off Dylan, Dylan. to, uh, find Mac. 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 And, uh, I, I, I appreciate the very beginning of this section. I like, uh, Mac coming up the hill here and kind of like he's athletic and he's built and he's buff, but when he comes up this hill, he's clearly struggling and oh, sort yeah. of like tumbles up the hill he's carrying two guns ends up leaning against this tree and we get a nice gratuitous like chest shot don't we and from from what we know from the previous minute i think minute 69 with adam nice mm. Mm. Uh, we, we we just saw mac <laughs> remove all his gear so what dylan is finding should be on that same exact hill and dylan is like clearly on uh, you know some rugged terrain here but i don't have the sense at all visually that this is the same place where mac took it off just one previous uh minute ago it, right it, it's it's a weird like little inconsistency that doesn't mean anything it's just interesting that that is uh standing out to me just now as you're describing that but i, I don't think i don't think we're meant to worry about that i think we're meant to worry about dylan making his way and having a hard time of it carrying two guns uh, up the hill in pursuit of Mac. Yeah. What do you guys think of – we get kind of a, like I said, sort of a glory shot of uh, Dylan here. I know Dylan. Dylan. Dylan's time in the film is going to be coming to a close. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I kind of feel like this is a, just a little kind of final homage to uh, the great Carl Weathers. Yeah. yeah I, my, my note for this shot was that basically – all of the lifting that Carl Weathers did in, in, in between filming pays off in this shot. It's mm -hmm. just it's oh, yeah. full Carl Weathers beefed up glory there, this shot. <laughs> <laughs> He's really pouring it on. He looks fantastic here. Mm -hmm. Good job, Carl. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little bit of foreshadowing, too, if you remember his fate later on. There, there's some foreshadowing with like focusing on that just ripped abdomen. Um, when mm. he confronts the predator later, <sighs> yeah. But I, I like I, li I like the uh, confusion that they're setting in here with the sound, with the sound work, with uh, the possible predator noises. We don't know, but there's definitely some clicking sounds. Uh, there's the phantom sounds of Mac turn around over here, over here. Uh, in your guys' opinion, is this Mac saying that, or is this a predator just kind of like throwing out these little one-liners he recorded earlier? Ooh, I I have always assumed that was Mac. I, mm. I think it is Mac. Okay. Um, but I, I agree with you that this whole little sequence here does a good job of sort of disorienting the viewer because mm -hmm. he stumbles up this little hill. Um, if you listen to this section with headphones on or on a surround sound, Mac's voice is directional. Like it comes out of... I think it's the left speaker, mm. like the left rear speaker. So it's kind of a cool sequence 
where he's looking around. We get a shot of the jungle. He's looking around again. More shots of the jungle. We can't quite figure out where exactly he is. And then Mac's voice is coming in from around us in the surround sound, which also is somewhat disorienting. So it's a good composition here. Yeah, I really, I really love Max whispering. Mac, Mac. I, uh, I, 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 when uh, I asked for this minute because I wanted to hear him say the line he's going to say at the very end of the minute. I know, I know, we're not at that uh, part of the this minute yet, but just he's whispering the whole minute though. With you know, over here and turn around. And <laughs> just, I, I just, I love his voice. I love the whispering. I, I have used since I was a kid when I saw this movie thirty years ago. His anytime whisper. A million oh, yeah. times. Oh in my yeah. Life. So I just uh, I love I love uh, I love Mac's voice. Anytime. It's a very Mac minute, isn't it? With yes. all his whispered dialogue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Even even though we're seeing mostly Dylan in this minute. Dylan. 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 Uh, yeah. The, the the minute totally belongs to to Mac because it, right. Thinking back to when we last saw Mac a minute ago, he is starting to you know starting. He's he's definitely losing his mind by now. And my theory last minute was some heavy, heavy PTSD has set in just in like the short amount of time. And and he's had no way to cope with that. So, Mm. you know, he's possibly going crazy out here, you know, whispering to Dylan or maybe other people out there and he doesn't even know. Uh, But yeah, I like, and Jeff, I like your point about hearing it through the one speaker because it is disorienting to hear all this environmental sounds, this atmospheric sound coming in through two speakers, and all of a sudden you just hear one singular voice through one speaker. It is a little disorienting. It does does make you kind of turn around. Right, and it's 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 a very much of a horror movie thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can imagine someone uh, creeping into an old haunted house for the first time, and you get the music and the ambient noise coming through all the speakers, and then you'll get a, a sound or a creak or a voice or something scary, but it comes out of that one back speaker, right? Right? Yeah. And it's it's creepy sounding. Yeah, right. We hear it and Dylan hears it. So D- Dylan right. is also taken aback. <laughs> it's nice to have that kind of same uh, level of intensity in this kind of scene. I have to commend you on this sentence that you put into your notes. <laughs> Can I read the sentence and then can you, will you elaborate on it? Sure, really sure. Yeah, great. go ahead. Okay. You wrote, this whole minute revisits the motifs of claustrophobia and the lethality of loneliness. Thanks. I was, I was rather proud when really I wrote great. that. great. <laughs> <laughs> you were high? <laughs> no, no. I said I was, I was rather proud when I was, I was not high when I wrote that. No. That's, that's more English teacher uh, rhetoric there than math. Yeah. As the minutes have passed during this podcast, I've definitely been able to look back more and more on like the recurring ideas and symbols that show up. And I felt like one that 
came up over and over and over again is that anytime we see one of our team members in the movie, you're relating it to death. And I, I listed the mm-hmm. events here in order. And if there's some I'm missing, then we can throw them on there too. But at any time, mostly. No, go through those. This is good. Yeah. And any, yeah. most of the time when the characters are put into isolation in this movie, there's either going to be some killing, either they're killing or they're being killed, or there's discoveries uh, of some killing. Um, it mm-hmm. could be just because this is an action sci-fi classic with horror elements. So that's just typical for a horror movie. But I think it um, follows that pattern really well. Uh, the first example I had was Ponchito all alone at first when he climbs the rope to the fallen chopper way back when that uh, oh, Jeff, called, shack. Yeah, Jeff called the snuggle shack. <laughs> um, and then he finds the two dead pilots in there before Dylan joins him. Um, Billy shortly Dylan. after finds the skin bodies when Billy is alone after he drinks from that weird vine. Mm. Uh, Dylan was also solo right before uh, Mac jumps into frame and threatens him with the knife. Oh, right. Before, yeah, he right. says, you know, he gives him the, I'm going to, what, bleed you real quiet, leave yeah, you here. Yes. Got that. Got that. I might be pushing the line, but yeah. Uh, Dutch was solo. First off, when at the beginning of the camp attack, he's watching through the binoculars as the American hostage is killed by Spinelli Torsen. Mm. Uh, he's all, and then at the end of the camp attack, Dutch is solo when Anna Anna is trying to kill him um, in the palapa when he's looking through the paperwork and he hits her with the butt of his gun. Right. Um, Hawkins, he's solo as a team member. He's with Anna Anna when he's killed, but he is by himself. Uh, and this is, and Blaine is, of course, he's solo, even though he's, what, 15 paces, 15 meters off. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what the distance is, but he's on his own when he's killed. And this is when Billy and the gang are figuring out that the hunter is killing them just, just as such, just killing them one, one on, yeah, just killing them one at a time. Like a hunter. Um, Mac is solo when he's going crazy with the old painless minigun, firing after the predator, trying to do some killing. Uh, let's see, the last solo scene we've seen before this one, before you have Dylan soloing around, uh, was when Mac was talking to the moon, followed by mm. him killing uh, the pig. Jesus, you killed the pig. Yeah, and this is, we've talked about some of the horror tropes that are starting to pop up in the film. And I think this is also another one that we could add to the list. Um, in a lot of horror movies, even if you have an ensemble cast, the kills, the deaths, the discovery of the deaths tend to happen uh, with a single person or with someone who's by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we see that continue in this film. And, and you're right, as you list all those off, all those events happened where the character was by themselves um, or they discovered a death by themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about it now at the top of my head. Spoilers for a future fate of one of the members of the team there's only (laughs) one member of the team that doesn't die alone it's just Mm. poor poor ponchito yeah he's the (laughs) everyone else is alone that's true that's true he's also the one who discovers hawkins body but it doesn't really discover the body (laughs) we don't see it it just says yeah it's like i I, I can't tell (laughs) it's the lasagna (laughs) it's the lasagna that's right the lasagna line there once was a nice guy on a choppa He killed bad guys who lived in Palapas. He made Billy croak with a vagina joke. But what's left of him now resembles lasagna. 
<laughs> yeah, so I, it's just something that stood out to me. And, and like Jeff is saying, maybe that's just a horror trope. But if it is, this movie is following it to a T. It's it's putting everybody by themselves uh, in these uh, fatal moments, except for except for Ponchito, of course. He's the exception. Right. And I, I want to be clear, like uh, just pointing it out as a trope is I'm not trying to diminish the effect oh, no. uh, or the choices. Yeah, it's just um, something I uh, a parallel I noticed between other you know horror films. Yeah. Um, that, that have well, a lot of deaths take place. Yeah, well, you know, I just coincidentally a few days ago I watched uh, an old X Files episode of one where they're in some some forest in Florida and they discover a couple of uh, beings that it turns out have lived there for hundreds of years. Hmm. That and it's very similar to Predator actually. Hmm. That like they use camouflage and the two beings divide keep dividing the team up to isolate them, to get them alone. And that's when they're uh. capturing them. And that's the same exact thing that you're saying the predator is doing this movie. He's, he's getting them when they're alone and then, and then picking them off one by one instead of, you know, he's, he's his advantage is that they can't see him. And if he gets one-on-one, he knows he can take anyone out except of course the great Arnold. He, right. Even he knows he's not going to take on this team of seven <laughs> people at once, you know, so he's got to divide and conquer. So, it was the same exact thing. And it was interesting that it was done this way in the sex Field episode because they use camouflage and it looked like even the visual effects are very similar of uh, the camouflage predator. Huh. Hmm. Love it. I'll Google, um, I'll Google the Tillet episode while we... Yeah, no, that, that's that's a cool connection there because in this minute we're going to see that. It, um, I'm just going to move on to the second part if that's okay. Yeah, do it. Okay. Oh, I had a, I just I had a couple oh, of quick yeah. things with the first part. I just, uh, uh, I just I wanted to point out that um, when you were talking about um, how Dylan is reacting that when, when you first hear the whispered turn around, there's a really great use of the soundtrack there. There's this one quick, harsh, high-pitched note mm. when he turns his head, just as quick, like, and that's it. Yeah. And it's really mm. cool. It, it just adds to the, you know, scary horror aspect of, you know, what's going on. Um, sure, yeah. And um, the other part about him looking for Mac, Mac. is Mac. he's <laughs> whispering he's whispering the name and he's looking around for him and it foreshadows the exact same thing he's going to do in another couple of minutes mm-hmm. when he's looking for mac and whispering his name and so oh yeah he finds him again but in a very different way though and so i i, I don't think i ever picked up on that until doing the research for this uh episode oh yeah very nice yeah oh all right that x-files episode is called detour season five episode four Sunday on an all-new X-Files. There's something out there. I saw it. Just disappeared. What is it, Mulder? How can you stop a predator? Scully! You can't see. Mulder, I'm not alone. An all-new X-Files, Sunday at 9, 8 central. So many secrets, just one fox. Okay. Ooh, there you go. Man, I'm due for a rewatch of some X-Files episodes. It's been a very long time. I loved it as a kid. Long time. Long time. Long time. <laughs> All right, John, would you like to take us through the second part of this minute? Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take us to the second part here. Uh, and like we said before, this is an all-Mac minute. Now we're really going Mac, Mac, Mac. to give Mac his due. Uh, but as the soundtrack crescendos, as it rises up to that kind of either real scare or jump scare note, an arm reaches from behind Dylan, grabs him around the mouth, and pulls him back as... Mac is heard <laughs> in Dylan. Uh, we cut to Mac looking at Dylan 
And then Mac, Mac Dylan, Dylan. Mac, and then Dylan. past Dylan as Mac Dylan, nods to the Dylan. trees and says, "Up down, trees." Mac points. You see it. We see the camouflage predator stretching out on a branch in the distance, and Mac ends the minute by Mac, saying, Mac. "Wait, what, Eric? What does he say here at the end of the minute?" <laughs> I see. Ooh, <laughs> very good. Ooh, we, have, we have we have some ghost ghost Mac here at the end of the minute. It's just yeah. It's just if you, if you thought just hearing his voice and not seeing him was creepy enough, like having his hand around Dylan's mouth and him whispering that he sees these things that Dylan. Well, we know Dylan <clears throat> saw it the first time, but Dylan's probably not fully trusting Mac yet. Um, but I imagine this has to be hair raising for him. Yeah. I love this part. I, I like them coming together, um, in this moment and both seeing the predator quietly for the kind of for the first time together. And, uh, they're sort of in awe, right. Mm -hmm. And also terrified. Um, and there's also gotta be a little bit of respect there as they look at this creature, that's such a perfect killing machine that's in its cloak and camouflaged, but they can see it sort of moving, you know, um, with the cloak on. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have both come all the way around to it, you know, accepting that this thing exists. Um, even Dylan, who's been Dylan. Uh, Dylan, who's been, you know, pushing against it this whole time. And uh, it's just sort of kind of a moment where they accept their reality and they kind of see this creature in all of its glory without having to run away from it. They're just sort of taking it in. I think that McTiernan does something really cool here that he, I like how the shot is out of focus and then it focuses and we see the predator. It's basically yes. like we're experiencing Dylan's eyes focusing and then yes. seeing it. And I think that that was Dylan, a really Dylan. cool technique that he did there. Yeah, it's that visual film making or storytelling where mm. I don't need dialogue to know what Mac and Dylan, Mac. <laughs> Dylan. Mac, Dylan. Are, are doing here in the little hidey hole there. But those, yeah, their eyes are just intently staring forward, like you're saying. And yeah, perhaps Dylan is focusing from the foreground to the background where we do see that camouflage predator. It's, it's a really neat effect too. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. some of the early shots of the predator don't look like the finished predator design. They look like the lizard monster that Jean-Claude Van Damme dressed in. But here we see the design of the predator uh, as the seven foot tall monster that Kevin Peter Hall um, used the costume to become. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> what, sure. what do you think of the predator's, uh, posture here he looks kind of like a human acting like a lion or better yet more like a cat in that movie cats yeah he's kind of crouching forward with his hands on the branch you're right it kind of like, kind of look like a cat's pose like oh if God. you're gonna if you're gonna pose for a photographer saying like you're a jungle cat like that's what you would do you kind of <laughs> be on your knees and like stretch forward and have your hand on the ground and kind of like stretch out your head towards the camera. It's, it's so weird. Really feel that leotard stretch across <laughs> your body. Like, is it, See, maybe, I maybe, thought, maybe, go ahead. I, I, just, I, sorry. I, I thought, uh, I, I guess this stretches more into maybe tomorrow's minute, but yeah. I thought that it was him playing possum. Mm. Like that he's pretending that he's wounded. Um, mm. it's, you know, that he's kind of looking like he's crawling along and that he's really hurt to make them think, Oh, we've got him. 
and he's, mm-hmm. and it's it's completely playing possum to catch them both off guard. Right, right. Like I, mm, I, I totally cannot see uh, heat vision, and I totally don't have like this extra perception hearing. Uh, when we know he does, because um, some of the things that he is, uh, I don't know if we've seen it earlier or if we have to wait till later to see it and hear it, but we know the predator can pick up even the most minute of sounds because when he's using the over here, turn around. Oh, and of course the anytime line that Eric loves so much. The anytime (laughs) line is whispered. It's tiny. Like if you try to like isolate that out of the sound mix, like it is very quiet when he says anytime, anytime. It's not meant for anybody to hear it except us, the audience and, and the predator can hear it too. So that means there's a good chance the predator can hear them and definitely see them like those, two blobs pointing at me under those logs. <laughs> well, and we know the predator is not uh, above taunting. No, right. Right. Yeah. We've already seen him taunt. Uh, and so this may be him just kind of sticking himself out on a branch being like, you know, he's still cloaked, but yeah, you know, here I am. But he's Come moving around cloaked. He's not standing still right. cloaked. And right. yeah, to Eric's yeah. point, maybe that's just meant to draw them out further. Like, all right, time right. to... Right, t- time to time to come get it. All right. Well, um, have we done this uh, minute justice so far? Did you guys have anything else to add here? I, I think what I would add is the first time that Dylan and Mac are interacting in this movie. Dylan, Mac, remember Mac, Mac Dylan. is threatening him with death by knife uh, because he doesn't want Dylan to make any noise, and that's without any predator knowledge. That's just with advancing on the camp to attack it. I'll bleed you real quiet. Leave you here. And here, very much so, we're talking about the Predator, and uh, Mac is using not so violent of language to calm him down or to shush Dylan, but it's all the same kind of strategy. Like, we need to be really, really quiet. We're hunting (laughs) Predators. <laughs> the only other thing that I had, and actually is from yesterday's minute, so sorry because I'm sure you already talked about it, but I, oh, I missed by I, I missed by one minute um, the Mac. I'm gonna have me some fun singing that he mm-hmm. does, and I I, <laughs> I have to reveal a total ignoramus point on mine. I never caught on. I always loved that. I'm gonna have me some fun. I'm gonna have me some fun. My sister and I would would say it when we were kids growing up. <laughs> Right, and it, it it literally never occurred to me until I listened to your guys' podcast back way at the beginning that he was saying that because of them listening to Long Tall Sally in the helicopter. Mm, right, I, yep. my brain never connected those two until I listened to your show. I didn't. I didn't either, Eric. I, I John had to enlighten me there. I had no idea. I would. Yeah. yeah I would. I, I similarly was not enlightened until maybe the last couple of years. The last few times I viewed it, and like actually had to do the you know look up what the dialogue was, and then finally realizing, or maybe reading a YouTube comment here or there where someone hmm. clarified, and I said, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." That's what they're saying. I mean, it's also partly understandable because the song Long Tall Sally, for one, is really far away in the movie from when he's saying it. Right. It's more than an hour from uh, when we first hear it in the chopper. And two, it's Little Richard singing and he's singing at, at such a heightened pace so that it's harder for white um, recording artists to take his song and make it their own. And so part mm-hmm. of the intention of making that song was to make it so 
people couldn't just take it over and you know dominate the charts with his hit and so he was trying to sing so fast and it is hard to understand like yeah without lyrics in front of you tell me exactly what little richard is saying in that song i I could not do that good job little richard stick it to whitey (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so uh, anything else for minute 70 70 not 71 i feel like we've done a pretty good job here yeah, I, I feel like we, yeah. yeah, I feel pretty satisfied. Okay, I can't wait to see we, uh, um, what happens next. Yeah, should we um, transition here to uh, some weekly recommends before we close things out? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, every week, Eric, as you might remember, we uh, take turns recommending something to the audience, and it could be anything under the umbrella of something that you liked, <laughs> and that's a pretty wide open. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's a pretty wide open field. So, Eric, what do you have to recommend this week? Uh, I have um, a book that came out a few years ago, so it's not it's not a new new book, but I only read it a couple of months ago. Hmm. Um, Curtis Armstrong, most well known as Booger from the Revenge of the Nerds movies. And, oh yeah, Booger yes, head till I'm dead, yes. and of course, <laughs> yeah, he's in, and in Better Off Dead, and then One Crazy Summer, and Moonlighting. Just awesome 80s and early 90s career for people of our age. Uh, he wrote an autobiography called Revenge of the Nerd or the Singular Adventures of the Man Who Would Be Booger. And <laughs> I just read it a couple months ago and it was really interesting. He really goes in depth into making Revenge of the Nerds and Moonlighting and uh, uh, um, I can't believe I'm forgetting the name of the movie, Risky Business. And mm. he does not hold back. He gives his opinions on some particularly well-known people. And a lot of really good, juicy, back, behind-the-scenes stuff, if you're interested in that. And uh, I really enjoy reading the book. It's obviously a very fast read. And so I recommend Revenge of the Nerd by Curtis Armstrong. Do you have... Uh, good recommend. So so you kind of tease this. Do you have one little tidbit you could share from any of those? <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. So the Revenge of the Nerd set... Uh, was just a gigantic party all the time. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> That's awesome. and John Goodman, I remember this is before John Goodman was John Goodman. Oh, was, of course, nerds. the football coach in the movie. Right. And he was not the huge star he is today. So he was hanging out uh, offset with everybody else as well. And one night they were all getting hammered in one of their hotel rooms, were doing more than alcohol. They were also <laughs> doing something that involves needing a flat surface and a razor blade. Sure. And they just, they, 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 they didn't have anything. And so John Goodman stood on the bed and he grabbed a hold of the painting that was on the wall of the hotel room <laughs> and just strained and strained and strained. He actually ripped the mounted painting, painting <laughs> off the wall, put it down and said, there we go, boys. There's our flat surface. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. John Goodman. Oh, yeah. man, I'm going to have to read that book because I love <laughs> I used to watch that movie endlessly when I was younger. Me too, yep. Um, as a preteen and teen. Oh, man, I used to watch that all the time. I'd love to get some behind the scenes there. Good recommend. Yeah, awesome. Another reader. So, Jeff, what about you? What are you <laughs> recommending? <laughs> uh, I'm going to recommend a podcast. What? Uh, actually, I know. Um, I have started... Uh, listening to a pretty great movie podcast that's on the um the ringer network the ringer is mostly sports content but also does some pop culture stuff it's run by bill simmons uh, formerly of espn 
There's a lot of really great content on that uh, network. But one of their movie podcasts is called The Rewatchables, mm. um, where they talk about movies that they consider to be rewatchable. Um, and they recently, to celebrate their upcoming 100th episode, they did three episodes in a row with guest Quentin Tarantino. And Quentin came on and chose each episode. He chooses a movie that he finds rewatchable and they discuss it. Um, and they're really, really good. I love listening to Quentin Tarantino talk about movies because he's such a movie nerd mm -hmm. and so knowledgeable about the subject. And um, he, choose, he chose some movies that you might not expect. Um, the first episode he did was uh, he chose Dunkirk. Um, and then the second episode he chose Unstoppable, the runaway train film from 2010 starring uh, Denzel Washington. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, he loves it. And then uh, the last movie he chose was King of New York starring Christopher Walken from 1990, which is kind of a gritty crime uh, drama. Mm. Um, and... Uh, Just listen. I, I love, like I said, I love listening to talk about movies. And so to have three full episodes of him discussing films and talking about movies he likes and uh, was just a real treat. So it's a great podcast overall, but I'm going to recommend specifically those three episodes. Hmm. Check it out. Cool. That's the yeah. rewatchables. The rewatchables. Yeah. Um, What do you got, John? Well, I don't know if I recommended this movie before, but uh, there is a movie. Uh, this is terrible. I, I should have written something up. I'm terrible, Eric. You have to know I'm terrible if I don't write something up. It's off, <laughs> off the dome is more and more of a struggle as I grow older. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, I'm going to recommend uh, Ford v Ferrari. I don't know if I recommended that in the past. No, I don't think so. Okay. And I've been wanting to watch it. Yeah, Ford, Ford v. Ferrari is the story of, just like it sounds like, the two car companies um, going at it, specifically during the Le Mans 24-hour race, the 24 mm. hours of Le Mans, or is it Le Mans? I'm not really sure. I'm not sure, but I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it stars Matt Damon and Christian Bale uh, in what I would call partly a buddy movie, but partly a racing movie. I'm not a racing fan at all, but... Uh, the way they convey the action, convey the racing, uh, and the way the, the guys' personalities are developed on screen um, is really captivating. I, I really enjoyed it. I saw it in theaters, gosh, I, I guess back in November, I think, with my dad and some mm -hmm. other family members, and I really enjoyed it. Um, something that stuck out to me was I was surprised that it wasn't a summer movie because of all the hot environments that they're racing in in Southern California to train and just the mm. fact that it's like a racing movie. It really surprised me it came out in November, but uh, I think part of the reason it came out when it did is that it's nominated for a lot of Academy Awards. And I had no idea, but it's yeah. actually nominated for Best Picture. I don't yeah. know. I, I haven't really seen, I don't think, any of the other Best Picture nominees, but it's interesting that that is considered up there with the likes of 1917 and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and right. Parasite. But yeah, totally check out Ford v. Ferrari for in my opinion, what's like a great summer racing movie. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to watch it. I've been want, It's been on my list uh, for several months now. Something I want to go see. So with the recommendations done, uh, Eric, what do you have to plug? Where, where can we find you? What are you doing these days? Well, I recently completed my second Movie by Minute, Escape from New York Minute. Hey, congratulations. Ooh, congrats. Yes. 
Uh, I don't know that I'm doing a third. Too, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of fun, but it's, it's exhausting. Uh, mm-hmm. If you go to growlermedia.com, G-R-O-W-L-E-R-M-E-D-I-A.com, that's where Escape from New York Minute is. It's where my other one, Flash Gordon Minute, is. And uh, both uh, shows have fan groups on Facebook, and we have Twitter feeds, and I still... I still check them to make sure anyone uh, occasionally contacts us. We, so uh, if you like either one of those movies and if you like this format, give us a listen. Otherwise, uh, at the moment, I'm just I'm just going to be a guest in places. If I ever do another one again, it's, it's definitely going to be a while from now. <laughs> All right. Well, good job on finishing finishing two so far. That's awesome. Yeah. At this rate, it's going to take us over two years <laughs> to do one. So yeah, we're still. I think what we're still about thirty-five, thirty-six minutes <laughs> slash like weeks. One, we we record like one a week, maybe if we're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it makes it easy to stay current with your guys' show, though. So hey, yeah, yeah there you go. You know, I'm, I'm, welcome, I'm several weeks behind on Star Wars Minute because they come out every day. You know, it's, it's oh hard yeah, to stay, you know? <laughs> same. I've fallen behind a little bit there, but uh, Jeff, where can people find you? Hey. Well, I'm on the hellscape that is the Twitter. <laughs> um, you can find me there at Carl underscore Hungus 314. My name is Carl expert. No longer furiously tweeting about the Seahawks. No. Oh, I don't want to talk about we it. We don't need oh. to talk about that. Oh. That's right. But, that's uh, right. Have you a, can find yeah. me there. I'm, I'm sure I'll find something else to complain about here soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> John, where can we find Predator Minute? Well, you can also find it on the hellscape that is known as Twitter at, hey. <laughs> at Predator Minute. You can email the show, PredatorMinute at gmail.com. You can also join the discussion on Facebook at the Predator Minute Listeners Palapa. Target the center of the Palapa. Target the center of the Palapa. Indeed, indeed. We're running out of Dylan lines in the movie, so we're gonna Dylan. keep his memory. Dylan, Dylan, keep his memory alive by <laughs> keep dropping in the Palapa line. Um, and it's been a while since I. It's been a while. It's been a while, it's been a while since I pl- <laughs> plugged uh, the movies by minutes group. But there is a whole host of podcasts out there breaking down movies one minute at a time. You can find that full list on moviesbyminutes.com. Currently, there are 149 Movies by Minute podcasts, with the latest podcast being the Marine Corps Movie Minute, which describes itself as a podcast where the hosts dissect the movies featuring the Marine Corps one minute at a time. Hmm. I imagine there are quite a few movies featuring the Marine Corps. <laughs> I was so. going to say, that's uh, literally a never-ending list. Yeah, I, I believe they said the first one they're going to do is Heartbreak Ridge, the classic yes. Clint Eastwood 80s. Yes, mm. they are on minute three of... <laughs> <laughs> they have no idea what they've gotten themselves into. That's what they're on. Wait, were some of the Predator <laughs> team members, were some of them in the Marines? I can't hey. remember. Oh, you're gonna be re- you're gonna be reviewing Predator one minute at a time. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, so for all things Predator minute, specifically minute seventy, I've been John Zabriskie, and I am Jeff Glover. Go ahead, Eric. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Eric. Dorn. And until next time, stick around. Stick around. Stick around. I see you. I see I see you. I see you. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Oh, that was good. Ooh. <laughs>